0: We wanna make sure from a partnership side of it that every investment and in dollar that we make is returned in $5. So if we invest a dollar, we want five back in terms mm-hmm. of revenue. If we're investing a dollar into a program, we wanna see 22X on the portfolio growth of pipeline. Welcome to the Software Channel Partner Podcast, where you'll hear leaders of partner programs talk about their greatest challenges and most successful solutions. And now your host, Louis Gadima, the President of Revenue & Associates.
1: Welcome to the Software Channel Partner Podcast, where we talk with leaders in software partner programs to learn about what's working today. I'm Louis Gadima, the President of Revenue & Associates, where we help companies grow faster by helping their channel partners grow faster. Today, I'm talking with Cheryl Worf, who is the America's Channel and Alliance Partner Marketing Leader at Micro Focus. Previously, Cheryl held senior channel marketing positions at HPE, Thales, Kaspersky, EMC, and other companies. And Cheryl was chosen as one of the top 100 women of the channel in 2013 by CRN Magazine. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you very much. Happy to be here, Louis.
1: You've had a terrific career, a lot of it channel-focused. Please tell me about your career path and that brought you to where you are today and and what interests you, uh, continues to interest you about working with the channel.
0: I've loved working with the channel. Um, I've had a very long career doing that for about 35 years now, and um, it's been very exciting. One of the things I liked always the most about working with channel partners is not only do you have an opportunity to learn about your own company and what you do but you get the opportunity to learn about what it is that your channel partners do and how they go to market and are successful so together that has been something that's always been very exciting for me I started out working with channel partners back in the data encryption days And I've kind of come full circle in my years at HPE. I became acquainted with the company and brought into the encryption side of the business. So the first electronic check that ever passed through the Department of Treasury was done with encryption back at the company I was with and working with channel partners at GTE Cybertrust. And Roll forward 30 years, here we are at HPE and now Micro Focus, working with channel partners who help with those security and data encryption sides of the business. So it's been very, very exciting to see how all of that touches what we do every day.
1: Yeah, I think I I read a piece, an interview with you around that first electronic check and that you worked on that for months to get all of that set up between the different partners, uh, what is now done probably billions of times a day.
0: Exactly. It was very exciting. Uh, Back in those days, USA Today indicated that that first electronic check was going to forever change the way we do banking. And indeed, it has. I haven't been to the bank in years. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: know. And now you can deposit a check with your smartphone and no need to physically visit a bank anymore.
0: Exactly. And all through that process, we have great channel partners, resellers, and alliances who all become a part of that network.
1: So for people who aren't familiar with it, can you tell us a bit about what Micro Focus is, what you do? I believe you're the seventh largest software company in the world.
0: Absolutely. So we are a company that has combined with what was five software divisions of Hewlett Packard Enterprise and merged with Microfocus. We chose to keep the MicroFocus name and brand and today we are 14,000 employees strong across 43 countries and MicroFocus focuses on helping companies do digital transformations in a nutshell we actually help companies bridge that gap between the existing and the emerging technologies helping them faster innovate with less risk and helping them come to the new digital transformational age. So today we're a $4 billion company. We have about 40,000 enterprise customers and 4,000 plus partners on a worldwide basis.
1: So with 4,000 plus partners, what's kind of the balance of direct and indirect for you? How, How much are the partners from a percentage basis? How much are they of revenue?
0: That's a great question. So uh, over 60% of our revenues come through our channel. Our channel ecosystem is very, very important. We view our partnerships as an extension to our micro business. And quite frankly, we as a company are only successful if our partners are successful.
1: Yeah, well, if there are 60% of revenue, then they're hugely uh, important to you. I know... Uh... Jay McBain at at Forrester talks about possibly 90% of tech revenue being from the channels in several years from now. Do you see that growing at Micro Focus?
0: We absolutely do. And for us, we have both a reseller community, a distribution community, and also an alliance partner community. In addition to that, we also do technical relationships as it relates to OEM, et cetera. So, All our various different kinds of partnerships are critically important to our overall business.
1: So you just rolled out a new global partner program this month, the Better Together program. What is that and what drove this update?
0: Well, as I mentioned, um, we're very, very excited. Not only have we just rolled this out, but CRN Magazine has just announced that we have been awarded a five-star for that partner program, which is very exciting to us. This actually represents a large-scale investment that we have made. We took two heritage partner programs one from the HPE side and one from the Micro Focus side. And we launched what is today a new world-class global partner program on a single platform. Some of the most important parts of that is that we streamlined and we simplified that new program and structure so that our partners could operate on a new partner portal, really from quote, to revenue, and it enables our partners to generate more predictive revenues, help them build their pipeline more effectively, and we hope more easily and effectively sell with us.
1: I know you have built partner programs or overseeing partner portals, rather, at some other companies before Micro Focus, too. Was this new one as part of your new program, was that an off-the-shelf portal, or was that something you had to build your own?
0: That's a great question. Um, Actually, a lot of this was customizations. Um, We've linked everything, as I mentioned, from quote to cash. We've also linked our services side of it, our deal registration, our MDF system, our training and enablement, all the things that partners are going to need. So much of that was done in a customized uh, fashion. I don't specifically have the uh, pieces behind it because this is a much larger piece of the business than I myself have just touched. But this is a very important piece of it. And it was a significant investment for the company over the last several months now.
1: So so the development of this portal and this whole new program that really was driven by the uh, the merger of these organizations.
0: That's correct. Um, Our partner portal played a very important piece of the investments that we've made over the last number of months uh, because it is bringing together everything that we believe our partners are really going to need. So again, it really is from quote to cash so it's the deal registration it's our mdf systems it's our enablement it is the back end salesforce side of it that is built on top of with a lot of customizations to bring in the services components and all the many things around our partners and our partners customers and a view of that into the system so again the whole ability is to give our partners as we do ourselves, additional insight into how we can be much more uh, predictable about what is the pipeline and what is the revenue as we're growing that out into the market.
1: Now, I don't know if this is your area or not, but because you did just roll out this big portal, it reminded me of a conversation I had recently with a senior marketing person at, at another enterprise company who said that he didn't think that channel software was as enterprise ready as marketing technology in general. And you just had, you said you, you did quite a lot of customization to develop your portal. Do you think that, that there's a gap there between uh, perhaps what enterprises need on the channel software side and what's available?
0: I'm not sure that I'm the best one to answer that question. But what I will tell you is that we did know that there were a lot of things that we felt were really important and various pieces of insights that we wanted to provide to our partners so we do believe that our partner portal with the customizations that we've made will give them much better insight than they've ever had the ability to have before i think Anytime you're working with your major systems, for us, because we were just bringing together two different companies' business systems to start with, I think in our case, having a portal link into those new systems that were just linked together was a very important piece of the overall process of really allowing us to have the kind of insight and hindsight into our partners' business and services business that we have across the company. So I think that's where probably more of the customizations and things occurred. Is it because software is not that readily available in the market? I think there's always a framework and a base framework, but I do think that it really requires customizations to really have the kind of go-to-market that any company might really want.
1: So I saw on your website a, a video of Phil Raymond the VP of channel sales at MicroFocus and he was saying that MicroFocus is easy for partners easy to do business with and that sounds a lot like customer experience how do you think about improving the partner experience you know at, at MicroFocus but even at companies before you were at MicroFocus
0: well again i think as we brought out our new program it was really important for us to to concentrate on sort of three primary areas of improvements, right, as you're working with partnerships. And one is every day a partner has a choice of who they want to partner with and who they want to spend their time with. So unless you are easy to do business, unless you have a simplified structure that they easily can understand, it's very difficult for partners to do business. They won't. So that was the first Piece of it. The second part of it is I think we have to make sure always that partners can recognize the value and the rewards that are going to come from them. So, with us coming together, we now have a, a very extensive portfolio that allows them to significantly cross sell and upsell and actually have adjacent solutions so this gives them some additional areas of expertise that they can have and building on that some new specializations that are important for them because it also allows them to have these expert accreditations and make more money And then the third part of it for us was really driving growth and having that predictable profitability for a partner. Because again, they have a choice every day, so they want to understand how are they going to make their money. What are the solutions that are going to help them do that? What kind of tools are there to help them learn? So things like deal registrations and rebates and market development funds and all the other pieces of it that we can bring together to help them know how much margins they're going to make on deals, etc., is very, very important to them. So those were our three primary premises for what do we really need that partners care about? There's lots of other things, but those are three important parts. Be easy to do business. Have a portfolio that is second to none in the industry, and allow our partners to become more profitable with working with MicroFocus.
1: That uh, first one sounds a lot like on the consumer side. It's it's sometimes described as reducing or eliminating friction, just making it as easy as possible for a customer or, in this case, a partner to do business with you. So again,
0: I. I think that's very important. When you have a choice every day, if it's not easy, you're not going to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And these days, people in business expect a consumer-like experience. They don't want a a clunky B2B sort of experience. They they expect the B2B experience to be just as easy as the consumer experience. So one of my clients who's an SVP of sales and marketing said that he thinks of marketing and partner marketing as being like totally different to animals. What's your view on that or, and how they may differ?
0: I think that when you're talking about marketing in general, it's you as a company trying to figure out how do you sell to the end user company. When you're doing partner marketing, it's really about how do we take what is the main manufacturer's messaging and then add what is the unique and special sauce of the partner, whether it be their services or a unique delivery of it or a unique piece that they've built on top of it. But it's really going to market with their message and how they add value. And then they drag along the solution that we bring as a software that becomes a part of it and a component. So it really is two different things. It's our expertise as a manufacturer of software, and it's the partner's expertise and added value that differentiates them in the market that they're leading and driving.
1: You said you have something like 4,000 partners. So how many of those, you know, what's the size breakdown? How many of those are enterprises or, or large partners? Any of those are more SMB?
0: We have partners of all shapes and sizes. Our very, very large partners comes in the form of our systems integrators and large relationships there. We have distributors, and we've recently gone through a process where we have gone from a lot of distributors down to three primary distributors. And then we also have resellers. And in that reseller market, we have Actually put them into kind of three tiers, what we call our top go-to-market partners, a mid-tier of partners, and then kind of the rest of them, right? So your top tier are those resellers that have very unique solutions and capabilities that they are bringing the market. They're the ones where 80% of your business is being driven by those 20% of the partnership. Mm -hmm. And then there's the mid-tier, where they have very good intentions and they do some number of deals. And it may not be a one-to-one. It may be several partner managers might manage those relationships. And then we have a bottom tier that are excellent and even down to the smaller, perhaps mom-and-pop type shop. Folks who tend to do one-off deals they're still very important to us but they're not as a consistent fashion so those are sort of the you know the trends as we look at the partnerships and what we really need is something that's unique for all of them those who will invest in very large deals in a platform and a platinum sponsorship way those that fall into a gold category where again have significant business, have significant business plans, and then those that are authorized that, quite frankly, can sell and manage our entire portfolio on a deal basis as they need it.
1: Yeah, I've heard that from other vendors, um, that they may have a, an 80-20 situation with their partners, and those 80% may be doing just one or two deals a year, but, but cumulative, they, they still may add up to quite a lot.
0: Absolutely. So So all partners are important.
1: Do you see a skills gap, a marketing skills gap, among the small and mid-sized partners?
0: Absolutely. Um, You do that whenever you are working with a partner community. One of the things that we have done and have built into our new partner portal is a total enablement program. So there are online enablements to help them get on board. There are different types of partner enablement, again, that are online that allow them to take courses and become certified. Then there are advanced and technical training that allow them to get very deep certifications. And then we offer continuous learning. Uh, In addition to having all those online things, we're also offering face-to-face, one-off enablement boot camps, those types of things so partners can meet individually with us as well.
1: And do those tend to focus around the marketing of micro-focus products or are those about training or education around marketing in general?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So we don't really offer marketing classes. What we really offer are our solution classes that talk to the market and how it's changing. So for instance right now MicroFocus this year in 2019 is very focused on four very key solution focus areas. One is enterprise DevOps. So we're trying to help the market understand how do they go to market around that? One is hybrid IT management. Again, how are folks trying to move from an on-premise into cloud environments? The next is security risk and governance because this becomes a very important part as GDPR and all the state regulations are coming into play and then predictive analysts to help folks have insight. So, We're taking these areas, helping our partners understand how are these affecting the market as a whole, and then helping them understand what are the solutions from a software perspective that we bring that help the partners go after these digital transformation four key areas.
1: That sounds uh, very valuable for them to understand both the, the market better and to understand what kind of solutions that you have and and how they can sell those. Are there other areas of partner enablement that you think are especially important to the success of a partner program?
0: I think whenever you're working with your partners, some of the other things that are very valuable, right, is for them to understand how does your deal registration program work, right? So those are stackable discounts and how they come to market through that process. Generally, Companies have an MDF and an MDF tool, and it's important for them to understand how to use and leverage that tool and make the most out of it. One of the things we see many times in partner programs is, if you will, there's money left on the table because they're not really sure how to leverage it. One of the things we've lined ourselves with partner marketing is to make sure that we can help through a marketing side of it to enable our partnerships to become self-sufficient. We don't want to do it for them. We want to enable them to be able to do it. So we've provided guides and kits and tools so our partners can take a lot of the materials that we've developed for them and then, as we mentioned, wrap their story and their business go to market around that and take it effectively out into the market. If the majority of the work is done for them, again, it's an 80-20, right? We've done 80% of the work and they now have to just customize the last 10 or 20% to effectively take it to market.
1: So on your LinkedIn profile, you describe yourself as skilled at partner recruitment. So what do you think are some of the best practices that you know or best techniques you have for partner recruitment?
0: That's a great question. So I've spent a lot of my career on both the partner channel sales side of it, as well as the partner channel marketing, or I've held roles where I've done both. So for me, when I'm looking at bringing on a new partnership, again, if it's, in this case, Micro Focus, I would be looking for a partner that has, in fact, expertise that they already have that is in one of those four key areas, that enterprise DevOps, that hybrid IT management, the security risk and governance, or the predictive analytics. Because at the end of the day, partners can't change their spots to stripes. So you do something that's very good. So you want to figure out what kind of a partner are they? And then what kind of capabilities do they have to add value? So again, you wouldn't want to go after a partner when you're recruiting. If you were going to have them add your security portfolio if they didn't already have a security practice and have expertise around delivering or doing upfront assessments of where a company is at. So you really have to look at what kind of a partner they really are and where are their strengths. The best partnerships is you've aligned them with their business practices, and what is their core competencies along with the portfolio that makes the most amount of sense for them. Not all partners can sell all things and you wouldn't want them to because they start getting way too collaborative isn't the right word, but as you try to go across that portfolio, you want them to only bring on the additional things that really are side adjacent solutions that make sense to the primary portion of the business that they're trying to go after. So that's how I've always chose to find good recruitment and good partners to bring into that portfolio.
1: Yeah, they they have to kind of stay in their lane, in a sense. Yeah. You have a Twitter account, but you're not very active on Twitter. I'm wondering what your philosophy of, of social media is. And, and do you think the partners are there do you think it's uh, very important
0: well that's an interesting thing so I use LinkedIn a lot and that's my primary choice of business as a company we have Twitter we have Facebook we have um, LinkedIn we have all of them right and we also use something called Everyone social so we post and put things on, and I author those into everything social. And then the company automatically pushes those out, and then we all push them out additionally to those various platforms. So even though you may not see my name and see that piece of it, I'm authoring a lot of those things behind the scene on behalf of Microfocus as the company and the channel and the alliance
1: that's uh, interesting. And yeah, I could well understand that uh, LinkedIn could be much more valuable than Twitter. You know, I find the connections I have far fewer connections on on LinkedIn, but they're much stronger connections and and much more conversation. So, uh, again in your LinkedIn profile, you use the verb drive a lot to describe what you do such as responsible for driving and leading the Americas channel and alliance partner marketing team. I'm wondering uh, what's your approach to managing?
0: I use that word drive because if you are the creator and you're responsible for making this stuff happen, you're the driver. So for me, it's starting often with a blank sheet of paper, trying to figure out what it is that I want to do with my partnership, creating their program and their plan, and then driving that piece of it into their organization to ensure that the right relationships are linked and that the right outcomes are in place. We want to make sure from a partnership side of it that every investment in dollar that we make is returned in $5. So if we invest a dollar, we want five back in terms Mm -hmm. of revenue. If we're investing a dollar into a program, we wanna see 22X on the portfolio growth of pipeline. So we try to measure and track each one of those kinds of pieces of it. And I start with that blank sheet of paper. I work with those partnerships. We make sure that there's buy-off and agreement which is critical with a partner organization and then i help them to be successful so you're constantly driving it through the first of the idea all the way to the roi that you're looking for someone has to be that driver i take that role seriously as i lead the channel and i lead the alliances in that marketing activities because at the end of the day it's not about an activity. It's about the end result that we're trying to have, which is growth of our pipeline and ultimately growth of the revenue of both companies.
1: So um, I mentioned early on that you were named a top 100 woman of the channel. Uh, what do you think are the opportunities or challenges for women in tech today? Uh, you've mentioned you've been in the field for over 30 years. Um, how do you think it's, it's changed for women? What are those opportunities challenges now?
0: I've been very excited about having been and had the opportunity to work in the channel. And I love the fact that CRN recognizes uh, top women in the channel. I actually had stepped out of the channel for a while. And uh, I played a product marketing role in HP and HPE for uh, three of the past five years. I then moved back in the channel to manage uh, over the last couple of years. So, I think for women, it's still an uphill battle. However, I think there's a lot more opportunity today. Having been part of HP and HPE, it was exciting to see Meg Whitman as a leader of our company. Uh, It's very exciting to see women take even more roles. We do a lot of things, whether it is in the channel. We have a group called Shine within the company that allows women to uh, step up to have additional engagements to have a collaborative effort inside of the companies i have always had a group that in Consisted of both men and women across my uh, partner marketing channel. I think it's nice to have a balance I think both men and women bring different aspects and capabilities to the company, but we continue to uh, Foster additional women through leadership roles and technology and the channel's been one that you often see women coming into that environment and you see a lot of women in the channel more especially as it relates to marketing efforts so I through channel sales for years had been one of only a few channel sales reps but over the course of the years it continues to grow I love the fact that you're constantly looking at women and trying to develop the coming generations I've always been a working mother I believe today that my daughter is well equipped to not only manage a household and children which today i'm a grandmother as well (laughs) uh, but also have a very uh, high-tech career herself as she moves out into that market so generating the next class of women who want to come along and continue to build those ranks is an important part of what i've always seen as my role as somebody who's been in that market as a female leader for a long time.
1: All right. Terrific. So, um, Cheryl, what haven't I asked you about that I should have? What keeps you up at night or what do you see as your big challenges these days?
0: I think the biggest challenges, again, that we continue to have right now is the market is still sort of saying, who is Micro Focus? We came from a very well-known company, HP and HPE. And Microfocus was a European-based company. So the name in the market isn't one that just rolls off a person's tongue. And today they don't know that we are this huge $4 billion company that really is the seventh largest software company in the world. And what that really means is we have expertise today and we have the capabilities with a portfolio to help these companies drive digital transformations. So one of the things that is the most challenging is to make sure that people find out and know who MicroFocus is. We are not your old HPE and we are not your old MicroFocus. So today, the 2019 MicroFocus is a totally different company. We're a company that I like to say has sassy digital transformation solutions. And what I mean by that is, S, we secure the enterprise through DevOps. A, we help them accelerate their business into that hybrid IT management and cloud environment. S, we help provide security risk and governance solutions. And I, we have predictable analytics that we can help companies with. So, again, that elevator pitch. I like to leave people with so that they can learn who Microfocus is, is we provide those sassy digital transformational solutions to help them generate the revenues that they need in today's market.
1: Okay. So, you know, the, the business world keeps changing very quickly. The channel world changes very quickly. Obviously, your company has changed a lot just in the last few years. What blogs, podcasts, events, books websites uh, do you use to keep up?
0: I actually use a lot of different ones. And I use a lot of different sites within my channel. I use things like Tech Target, I use ISMG. I use LinkedIn. I use CRN. Again, depending on what it is and where the information is, there's such mm-hmm. a breadth of information that's available. But all those different platforms have different constituents and different folks that are really important to the primary focus areas that we're going after. So for me, I'm trying to make sure that I keep current on where the market is, what's going on from our analysts, and where we are, and the uh, PR front. Because again, that challenge is, how do we help these customers out here? Learn about who is the new micro focus and how do we really help them with their digital transformations so that they have less risk and can really innovate faster into that new transition.
1: Okay, and I'll put links uh, to those in the show notes in the podcast section of RevenueAssociates.biz. So, thank you, Cheryl. Um, how can people get in touch with
0: you? Sure. So. I am available at swarf, W-H-A-R-F-F, at microfocus.com. And I would be more than happy to have folks reach out to me.
1: Well, thank you again, Cheryl. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or another app, and you found uh, this conversation with Cheryl as interesting and useful as I did, please leave a review. That will help other people learn about the podcast, too. Thank you for listening to the Software Channel Partner Podcast, and please subscribe and listen to future episodes.